On this episode, we are interviewing our classmates Barry Wilson and Lake Billings about their experiences on Decision Day and about how those experiences can be an encouragement to our listeners. You are listening to The Smart Dental Student, your source for information regarding dental school and your professional journey with your hosts, Matt Manley and Landon Guy. On this episode, we have the opportunity to interview some of our classmates, Lake Billings and Barry Wilson. Thank you so much for coming on the show with us today. And this episode is geared towards first, students who didn't get in on decision day, or second, those who got into a school, but not their dream school. And so we're going to have a discussion about that today. First, Lake and Barry, could you tell us just a little bit about yourself so our listeners will know who you are? Yeah, hey guys. Hey, Lana. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having us on. Um, should be a fun time. I'm Barry. I'm a D2. I'm with these guys. Um, it took me It took me a lot of time to get in dental school. Um, I say it take two cycles, but it really felt closer to three for me. And um, I'm telling you, if anybody's out there listening and it's, it, they feel like they can't get in to dental school and they don't know what to do, what to do next. Um, I think my, my journey into dental school is really a, a testament to just, um, really perseverance. I mean, I, I wasn't annoying about it. Like, you know, just being in everybody's ear, but I just, I kind of unlocked something within me as corny as that sounds like just turned it on with, from a student that I am today to back in college is just wasn't high on my priorities. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but, um, yeah, looking forward to getting into that. Okay. Um, thanks for having me on as well. So my name is Lake Billings. I'm also a D2 with these guys uh, here at Chapel Hill. Um, so I'm, my story is a little different. So my dad is a dentist and he graduated from here. So I was like really, really wanting to get into this school as well. Um, and whenever December came around, I did not get in here. So I had to go through the process of like accepting at another school and still trying to like find a way to get in at, uh, my dream school. So. Thank you guys both for, for sharing that and introducing yourself a little bit. Yeah. Barry, I'm going to start with you. You applied multiple times, like you said. What was it like each time? And it may be unique to each time, but or it could be a similar feeling. But how would you describe the feeling you got on those decision days in December mm. when you didn't hear back from anybody? Oh, yeah. So... I mean, it might make sense to me just to talk about from the beginning how I got into dentistry because um, it was pretty quick where I got, I was a senior in college and I still didn't know what I wanted to do. And so literally in the spring semester, it was when I decided to start, I mean, just all those restless nights of trying to figure out what am I going to do? Um, and I was a biology major and I went the pre-med route and wasn't, um, I wasn't really interested in medicine. I didn't know what the heck I was going to do really. Um, but I knew I was interested in the Navy, and this is gonna take a little turn, but I wanted to serve in the Navy. Me and my brother were both interested in that. And I was on the Navy website, and um, I found, um, it was like a health careers tab or something like that, and found dental officer, and had never considered it before, looked at it, looked into dentistry, what it takes to be a dentist, um, and just 
a few like Google searches later, what it takes to be a dentist and how artistic it is and the courses required. I decided that's what I want to do. And I, I mean, it was really like an epiphany for me, but I mean, it was, it was spring of my senior year at, here at UNC. And so, um, I didn't have a lot of turnaround time to take all the DAT, all that stuff you need to do. But I did. I mean, I graduated. I started studying. I got myself immersed into, um, you know, the Shack Clinic here and um, a pediatric and orthodontic practice. I was just shadowing. And um, I don't know if I said this, but studying for the DAT. And you just start to believe, like, oh, man, I'm right there. I, I took the DAT. I did it pretty well. Um, Mac and Shay, I was a 20. The first time I took, I got 20 on the academic average portion and then 21 on the PA. And I felt okay with that. I knew that that was pretty in line with, I mean, closer to some other schools. I knew that was right about average. So some people did better, some people did worse. I thought I was doing okay. Um, but, you know, my GPA sucked. Like, I had a 3.2 GPA, and I knew that was nothing. Like, especially here at UNC, the, the average GPA that guys have here – I mean, it was, it's gotta be three, seven, five, three, eight range, if not, you know, higher. So wasn't looking good there, but you just build so much confidence. And I was getting, um, trying to round out my application. And so when December comes around, it's after I graduated in May, 2018. So it's December. I had spent some time working out of practice, um, setting DOT and all the letters you have to get. I mean, it's stressful. Like that, that used to be the, I thought it was the most stressful part is just trying to get people I didn't that didn't know me. I, was, I have to go talk to a professor that I didn't talk to one time in school, and can you write me a recommendation letter? I got a B plus in your class, and so and so after it all gets submitted and you got an interview, I got an interview at a different school, and um, that was so exciting. I felt like I had almost made it. I was this is. Is I got an interview. Like it's so exciting. Like they they think I'm worthy to be in dental school, and so after the interview, you think it was pretty well. I Man, everybody's got stuff that you think could go better in an interview, um, but it felt great. And like, wait, you just wait, and you're you're building up all this anticipation, and it's exciting. Like I could really get into dental school. Like it could happen. And I, this this is just like that. All this work I've put in. I thought it was a lot of work at the time, um, and I could get into dental school. And then it comes, and it, it really is disheartening. I think the biggest reason why is because you just you spend so much time like thinking about that moment. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm wow. When I get in, I'll probably cry and <laughs> I'll scream. I'll hug my parents and say, "Look, I'm going to be a dentist." And I figured out what I want to do with my life. Um, so that came and went. December came and went, and I just keep going with how I got around the second time. It was right before I took the DAT the first time, actually, to backtrack. <laughs> Excuse me. How, how did you, mm. before we move on to the second time, yeah. how did you cope with kind of, okay, I didn't get accepted. Mm. I'm going to try this again. Like, right. how did you walk through that? Right. So man, I think this, this is important for any applicant, really, especially if you don't get in the first time. You have to evaluate your application pick out the weak points and focus on those weak points um and don't get too bogged down about doing everything i was trying to you know volunteer on the weekends work um at a at a practice any sort of practice i mean it, i traveled um i bounced around a couple of different places one of them was just pretty much volunteering and then the grades so i was like all right dat score i thought was okay um GPA, I knew sucked. I mean, I, I, there's nothing I could do about that at the time. 
inter- between graduating and applying. I didn't have time to improve a GPA. Um, and then my experience was doing okay too. And so really I just, I thought I got to try again. I didn't expect, I mean, I thought I could get in the first time, but was it a long shot? Probably because I didn't decide to do this until the spring of my senior year. And so I just looked at my application and said, what can I start? What can I do to improve? And just, I mean, that's the beginning of that switch, that turn. I was like, I need to turn up because I'm not even close to, um, to being the ideal applicant that I can brag about myself at an interview. Like I can fairly easily talk to somebody, but backing it up with stuff that I've done and scores and all that stuff, um, I knew I was lacking in. And so I just focused on what I could do, what I could do next to, to improve my application. And for me, that was GPA. And how did you come across that in, and say, this is what I needed to improve? Did you meet with someone from a school? Because I know that schools are willing to meet with you if you don't mm-hmm. get in and, and tell you some things to improve. Because <laughs> that's what I did in my case, because I, I also didn't get in my first time. And I sat down right. with um, people on the admissions committee from a couple of different schools, and they kind of informed me as to what I should do to improve. Right. Yeah, I had, I had those meetings with some some people at the schools, faculty members and people on admissions, um, but also just dentists down the world. The dentists went to dental school. They know what it takes to get into dental school. Mm-hmm. And our friend Google, you can Google what people are doing to get into dental school, um, what the GPA requirement is, what the test scores are looking like for that school. So I think I was just really honest with myself, mostly. I mean, you can go talk to people all you want about at the dental school and make connections. And I think that's a big part of getting in dental school, unfortunately, um, is just who you know. I and mean, in some instances, I mean, a lot of it's what you did, but um, you just gotta be really honest with yourself. And I was just honest. I was like, man, like I know my GPA sucks. Like I, I don't stand a chance with 3.2. I can't go to a interview and brag about that. And so that's what I just focused on doing. And some of it was, I took um, classes abroad in Australia while I was in school and I got major credit. So it was biology major credit. I took anatomy, physiology, and microbiology. And those are two classes that I know UNC wants and a lot of other dental schools want. When I got them approved to graduate, my transcript said, instead of saying anatomy, physiology, instead of saying microbiology, it said major requirement one and major requirement two. And so as you can imagine, I'm going to dental schools or applying to them. I was like, hey, guys, I promise a major requirement one, major requirement two, I promise you that that means that means anatomy, physiology, microbiology. And then here's here's some more documentation that I can show that I actually took these courses. And that's that was a nightmare. And so I could just start there. So it was pretty easy for me to assess what I could do. And I started taking I took those courses initially, but then just started filling out more courses while I was working. Um, so did you do like a post back program? I didn't. I didn't. So I ended up through a ton of emails and um, applications trying to find a job at a uh, any dental practice. And I just got lucky. I got super lucky. It was at a process practice. And so I didn't have time to do the full-time um, post-bac program. I just kind of took individual courses. Most of the time, I was at NC State. Um, matter of fact, I think all of them were. Maybe one I took here at UNC. Um and then a couple online courses too, but just stuff that I could just round out my GPA stuff with um, while I was working at the prospectus, 
which is something else I, I really suggest for students that are in, in my position where I didn't get in school, just work and just just dive into the, the world of dentistry. Not only will you learn a lot of things that you're going to learn in dental school. I mean, I, I was doing things that we haven't even been taught how to do yet. I, was, I didn't know that at the time. I was like, I didn't know we'd be second year dental students and we've barely been taught how to pour models. And I was doing that every day at work. So that was just, I mean, that's a side note, but just, it was really valuable working, but I was able to take courses too. And so I get through all that. Um, I'm thinking my application is looking great. I got two doctors working, I'm working for at a prosthodontics practice in Raleigh. And I knew that they were going to write bomb letters of recommendation for me because I was, I was working there a lot and I thought I was doing pretty good at it too. And my GPA, I didn't accept anything less than a 4.0 in these classes I was taking. Like, and that's not who I was as an undergrad. And like, I cannot emphasize that enough. Like, I did not care that much when I was an undergrad. I tried hard, but it, to get into dental school, in, in my position, I could not accept anything less. And um, of course, COVID hit, and it, it was almost a relief because I was telling my friends so much, I can't hang out. You know? <laughs> and so when COVID hit, I was like, I had an excuse. I could just stay home. <laughs> Nothing's open anyway, so I could stay home and study. And I mean, that's really all I did was study. And, and it was, I was, I handled it okay. I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot of pressure. I put myself under a lot of pressure, a lot of stress to get perfectly on these tests and exams. And maybe that's not the best way to go about it um, for your mental health anyway, but I, I did okay. I did okay with it. And it, um, I proved to myself that, man, I can, I can do really well in any class I take if I just try harder than I ever had before. And that's what, that's what I did. And so here we go. I'm applying, feeling great about it. I didn't take the DAT again because um, I thought it was pretty good. I was focusing on, like I said, my grades and getting that pra um, experience at a practice. And um, you apply, I'm like, I, I feel good about my chances here. This time I got two interviews, which is better than the one. Um, and one of them was a little later too, so you just gotta be patient with those interviews. Um, I think I was, for UNC, I think I was the last interview, which I, November maybe, mm -hmm. September, I don't remember. Um, was late and it's again all over again it's I feel so excited that interview went pretty well I had a student when he had the student interview she was like that you're the best one I had all day I'm like that's great and you you kind of leave on a high note you feel pretty excited some stuff you could have answered better in the questions but I mean, that's just interview life um December comes around and you know you get nervous but you're excited guys I'm gonna cry when I get in dental school like, I think it's just gonna happen I'm gonna scream I'm gonna hug my parents um and I didn't get in. And it, it was really disappointing at December. I was like, man, well, I guess I'm going to have to wait till January, whenever the next acceptances start to trickle in. And, um, well, so that was before COVID. I lied. Um, that was still before COVID. <laughs> so January comes around. I was on a trip to Costa Rica and I decided, what else can I do? I've done my grades and my experience. I can't get any better than that um, in terms of, post-back GPA. I, I didn't average it out. I just reported it as 4.0 post-back and all the work experience. So I knew the only thing I'd do was stay for the DAT. I got to take the DAT again. And so just like I did with school, I put everything, when I got back from Costa Rica, I just put everything into studying for the DAT. And I did DAT bootcamp, which I thought was a great resource. And um, that, I mean, that's just, I did it all the time. And I think 
a lot of people might try to do that on the side, study for the DAT on the side. And that works for some. I think, Landon, I think you did that. Like, I'm sure you did too. A lot of smart guys out there that, and girls, obviously, that um, can do that at the same time. But that's just not, I, did, I learned about myself and how I have to study for things. I had to put all my eggs in one basket or really focus on DAT. So I, I pulled back my workload while I was working at the dental practice and um, didn't volunteer as much. It was taking much less course. I might have taken one course, um, but I was just studying all day. I woke up, studied, did it all day long. And you started to enjoy it as well. And then then COVID hit, um, which is a whole nother story. That D, My DAT got scheduled into October. They got canceled and said, you can't take it until October. And I said, excuse me, the, the, the application <laughs> opens in June. Like I need to apply now. I need to take the DAT now. And so that was a nightmare to deal with, but I know I'm rambling, but, um, I was in March, I got a phone call, um, or an, it was an email. It said, um, it was a school, um, up North it said, we want to invite you for an interview. It's in March. I said, okay, well I want to go to dental school. So this is a great opportunity. I flew up and had that interview probably a week before COVID really locked down everything. And then a week after that, the next Friday or something, they call me and said, I got accepted to dental school. And so I didn't, I didn't cry yet. I, and I was very excited. <laughs> Remember I was at the gym, um, just shooting a basket around and, um, but I was so excited. Man. I wanted to be in dental school. I wanted to be here in North Carolina cause I lived down the road. My parents did anyway, but, um, I wanted to be in dental school more than I wanted to be at this dental school. So I was excited, but I know I had just spent two months almost studying for the TAT, decided to keep studying. I was like, I, I need to take it just for, just for my own, um, reassurance, I guess that I can study and do well on this exam. And I decided to, to keep studying and to take the test after I got into dental school. And I didn't know what else it could open up in terms of being at UNC, which is where I absolutely wanted to be at. And take it, and I did, I did exceptionally well, I think. Um, I mean, my scores were, were good enough that I felt like I could email them right away. I took to a, the Dean of Admissions um, at UNC, I emailed them, because I had met him a couple of times before, like you mentioned, to just try to network and get in dental school, what I can do. and. I said, hey, Doc, I've, I know that the application cycle is over. I know that your class is probably full, um, but I just took the TAT again. I've been working really hard for it. I've, I mean, I've tried to round out my application as best as I possibly can. I've done everything I can do. These are my scores. Took a picture of my little report that they sent out to us, gave it away. And I said, I live right down the road. I'm in Durham. If anything opens up, I'm ready to go. Like I'm ready. Um, and he emailed me back. He said, hey, um, it's an awesome score. Um, congratulations. I really like you, you know, but our class is full, unfortunately. Um, I, I recommend and I strongly encourage you to apply again next year. I feel good about you applying next cycle. And so, of course, I, like I said, I want to be in dental school more than I wanted to be at this dental school. And I just want to get my life started, man. I wanted to get going. I'd already taken over a year off at this point. Um, working on my third application cycle. So I was like, I want to be a dental school. I don't want to wait until the next, next August to start. And left it at that. And I was one week away from moving up, packing up a truck and going um, to move, because this lease I already signed. And I was 
I had my phone on me at work one day because I was dealing with some furniture that they sent to me and they wanted me to pay like $250 to ship it back to them. I said, hell no. <laughs> I shouldn't go on a tangent like this. But that, that made me really mad. This damn furniture. Man. And um, I just had my phone on me at work. I never did that because I was assisting and stuff. And I was like, no, no, no. I'm not going to ship this back to you and pay for it. And then so I have my phone sitting there. I'm typing up chart notes or something. And I get a phone call. And it said University of North Carolina. And my heart just like stopped. I got white ashen face. Picked up my phone. Walked straight outside. And it was the dean of admissions. And he said, hey, I know you've, you've gotten acceptance at another school, but we've just had an international student report to us that she can't make it down um, to start school because of COVID. And I was wondering if you would still be interested in, in joining class of 2024 here at UNC. And like speechless was not even, I mean, I was just, yes, thank you, thank you. I just kept saying, thank yes. I'm like, yes, thank you. I didn't know what else to say. Like, literally, just <laughs> I'm talking now. Like, it was just, like, nonsense. And, um... Did you do the, the crying like you thought you would? It's coming. <laughs> I hung up, and I was, like... I was in the staircase. My brother had been off at boot camp. Hadn't seen him since February. And he was finally in C-School, I think, somewhere in Texas. Um, turned to be a corpsman. And... I had it together until I, I, I called him right away and I said, I mean, I got into UNC and I just started, I, I mean, it started coming. I couldn't do anything about it. And I was just in the staircase, like just crying. I was so happy. It's probably, I mean, it's gotta be the happiest I've been. And just being here now and knowing how much I put into it, like I was nonstop working at getting into dental school and working on my application just the people I've met here that just changed my life and it really unlocked like I said that mentality of just working hard and what else can what else can working that hard get for me like I'm in dental school I'm not gonna stop and I've met so many just absolutely wonderful people and just life-changing events all because I just I didn't I don't want to say didn't give up. I just was relentless. Like I was kind of a maniac trying to study for the school and I was probably annoying to all my friends, but you know, I still hang out with my friends now. I have plenty of time to hang out in dental school, but still like, it's just that mentality, a total switch. And, and man, it just, I just didn't give up. And I think that's, that's just valuable. Like you gotta be persistent. You gotta work on every part of your application. And sorry for talking so long, Lake, but oh, no, it's, it's good. So, yeah. I, based on the sound of it and and I understand it as well that I um, I also felt the same way too that you know that failure honestly inspired me to work harder that oh, yeah. rejection inspires you to work harder because it makes you take that look in the mirror and be like if I don't fix these specific things not that there are flaws in your character and, and don't right. take it that way whatsoever to our listeners we don't want you to think that just because you don't get in, you have flaws in your character. That's that's not true at all. Right. But facing the rejection like that allows you to look into the mirror and and see what kind of things do I need to fix to make myself a more competitive applicant. And the joy you get from getting <coughs> accepted after that fact is amazing. Yeah, like, I don't know how else to like ex it. explain yeah. it. So have have hope that you know your journey is not over yet your journey's just beginning and um, you know that acceptance is coming it's just a matter of time and you may hear back later on like Barry 
or it may require another cycle and both are perfectly fine and it doesn't mean you're going to be a bad dentist whatsoever right yeah every time i'm with the the barcott students ambassadors and um every time somebody an applicant asks me about getting a dental school i tell them pretty much that story i try to keep it in the words at a minimum but um I tell them you're going to get into dental school. I just don't know when. I don't know where, but you're going to get in if you if you work as hard as I know you can. Then you'll get into dental school, and that that always had that in my mind when I was applying. I was like, I'm going to get in, and I'm going to make sure that I get in. It's just I got to keep working at it. You know. I like how you said that you kept studying for the DAT even after you'd gotten an acceptance right. letter. I got a lot of looks for that. that I would. Amazing. Oh man, I probably would have been like, okay, I got, I got at least <laughs> one. I didn't get my top, but I got my one, and I'm good. So yeah. that that speaks a lot to your dedication to proving to yourself right. that you could be here and that you could do it. Mm, and that yeah. speaks a lot to your your own self-determination. Right. And if I can do it, anybody can do it, y'all. Like, anybody. Just got to unlock it. Um, so, and that kind of, um, you know, that's one kind of scenario that you can run in on decision day where you don't get accepted um, and you wait and you still don't hear any acceptance and you kind of have to move on and kind of again, we've said this a few times is developing your why, why am I doing this? And then you're, you're coming to a decision. You're coming to a crisis where you're like, am I going to keep doing this or am I going to change, change course and do something different? Um, another scenario is you could be accepted to a school, but it's not your top choice. And Lake, can you tell us a little bit more about your story and kind of what that looked like for you because you got accepted but it wasn't really your top choice but how did you kind of walk through that okay yes so like you said my story is definitely a little bit different as i mentioned before like i grew up with my dad being a dentist so i kind of always knew that i had an interest in dentistry and then whenever i got to college i decided to major in <coughs> biomedical engineering just a little bit different um didn't really want to go the normal biology chemistry route just thought it would help out plus I like science and math so it worked out um and then all throughout college I was kind of like debating do I want to do uh, dentistry do I want to do engineering um and then finally my junior year I was like I got to make the decision now like I got to start studying for the DAT I gotta um, apply soon so I just was like I'm I'm gonna go with dentistry it's like I grew up with around that and I uh, enjoy like doing stuff with hand skills so just thought, okay, dentistry, that's the fit for me. So started studying for the DAT. Um, at that point, it was a little bit late for me to apply that cycle. So I just focused all summer on um, studying really hard. I ended up doing uh, pretty well on the DAT. And then I had to wait all the way until the next year, which was my senior year, to apply. And at that point, I was um, had to take a gap year. So I also... Um, kind of like Barry did, like you just got to go out and try to find something that'll better your application. So mm -hmm. I applied to a bunch of different uh, jobs at dental offices. Finally, like Barry got lucky, found one at a different uh, prosthodontics office. So um, that summer I was working on my application and I was also uh, working that job at the prosthodontics office, getting some experience that definitely uh, looked good on my application. Also, it was a good talking point for interviews. So then um, 
once uh, August came around and they started sending out uh, interviews, I got one out of state. Um, thought like, oh great, like um, like since my dream school was here at UNC, I was like, this will be perfect. This will be kind of like a practice interview. <laughs> um, get to do that one first. Yeah, get a little bit prepared for the UNC one, and then a couple weeks later, I got a uh, interview at UNC, and it was like two weeks before the one I'd already gotten out of state. So it went <laughs> no from practice. me thinking I had a practice interview um, to UNC, which was my dream school um, being my very first middle school interview. So that, yeah, that kind of terrified me, but I just uh, with my parents and friends and stuff, just like did some practice uh, interview questions and just tried to prepare myself. Well, got to the UNC interview, thought I did uh, pretty well. Um, yeah. Like Barry also said, like there's going to be things that you thought you should have said differently, but like overall, I thought mm-hmm. I did well. Like this, I should hopefully get in here given my uh, GPA and my scores and everything. Um, <coughs> so then the rest of the cycle, I had a couple other interviews out of state, but um, like UNC was still just like that's where I wanted to go. I, like no doubt in my mind, I wanted to get into UNC and go there. So then whenever December came around. So was that December 2nd, December 3rd? Yeah. Yeah. That morning, like the whole night before, like I couldn't sleep. Like I'm sure a lot of people are like that. You're just like so nervous and just like the anticipation of like, oh my gosh, am I going to get a call today? It's like, I just couldn't sleep well. So I woke up at like 6 a.m. that morning and actually I woke up to a call from a different dental school, which was like, I mean, I was super happy. I was like, yes, I got in, like, this is awesome, but this is not the call I was wanting. So, so then the rest of the day, I was just like looking on the um, like Facebook groups and everything where people were posting uh, all the acceptances they had gotten. So I saw some people start posting about UNC and I was like, oh no, like yeah, UNC. That's stressful. <laughs> UNC has that. already like started their calls and like I still hadn't gotten one. So that whole day passed, still nothing. So, and then the next day, nothing. And I was like, oh my gosh, I guess I just didn't get in here. Didn't get in during the cycle. So I would have to wait until January whenever they filled the remaining like 20 or 30 spots. So um, at that point, I just had to go ahead and decide to accept the offer that I had from the out-of-state school. Like I knew, like Barry, like I just wanted to do dentistry like I wanted to be a dentist so if it had to be at a different school and not here where I like truly wanted to be like that's still okay like no matter what you're gonna get to dental school you're gonna graduate and you're gonna be a dentist like Mm -hmm. in the end it doesn't necessarily matter where you go so I accepted at that school um and I got an email later that said they were having like a accept students day there at the school so I um, decided to go to that as well. So I flew down there a couple of weeks later and did that. So I basically was just like acting like I was going to go there. But meanwhile, <laughs> I also was like still really wanting to get in here at Chapel Hill. So I sent a letter of intent to uh, the dean of admissions. So I spent a lot of time drafting that. Yeah. <laughs> um, had so many people like proofread it. And I just I want to make sure it was perfect. So I sent that, um, and I think I 
I don't even know if I got a response. Like it was either like just some like generic response or just like nothing at all. So then the rest of December passed and still, I just, I, I heard nothing from UNC and I was like, guess I'm just not getting in there. So, um, yeah. So at that point I just thought I was going to end up going to that other school and then a whole nother month passed. It was like mid January at that point. It was, uh, I think it was like a Thursday or Friday afternoon. I was just out, um, just doing stuff. I was, I think I was at a park and I got a call and, uh, it was from UNC and my heart just like stopped. I was like, mm. oh my gosh, I just got in here. Like I was so happy. Like, I, I, I don't even well, know. Nothing quite like that feeling. <laughs> yeah, nothing like that feeling just like getting in. I was, oh, I was so happy. So uh, yeah, at that point, kind of like Barry, I was just speechless. I just kept saying, thank you, thank you. Didn't really know what to say. <laughs> And then afterwards, I was uh, just basically had to decide what to do with the school I'd already accepted because I'd already had to pay. I think it was like a three or four hundred dollar like down payment to hold my spot, and I also didn't want to just like be rude and just be like, "Yeah, I'm not going here." <laughs> <laughs> so I had to send him a like polite email and just let him know that I got into like my in-state school that I really wanted to go to. So yeah, could have worse problems. And, yes, could have worse problems. So it was an easy decision for you, is what you're saying? Yeah, it's definitely an easy decision. Because um, I mean, all along I'd wanted to go to UNC, so it just took longer than I anticipated. Because I was like really hoping I would get in there that first day, but I kind of had to do it a little bit different and accept at a different school, and then still be like trying hard and mm. just doing all I could to hopefully get into Chapel Hill. Of, in the end. And Barry, when you told the school from up north that you didn't, well, had gotten into UNC and were going to go there, how did you go about that with them as well? I honestly, I don't remember too much about it. I was probably much less polite than Lake, <laughs> it sounds like he was. I mean, I wasn't just rude about it. I just think, um, I don't remember if I had to pay it. Whatever the fee was, I think it was much less than 300 Three fifty dollars, I and mean, it might have been fifty. But um, because this school accepted a lot of students. I mean, the class, the the each class, I think was pushing two hundred. Oh wow, two hundred, maybe something like that. I mean, it was a lot of kids. That that could be an overestimate, but I mean, it was it was a lot more than like UNC would get eighty three, eighty four students accepted. But man, I don't remember what I told him. I just said. I mean, I'm not going to come to the school anymore. It was, it might've been an email or it could have been just in the, on one of those portals where you have to officially accept your position or they gave you a holding time in order to do it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was just like, like, I mean, it was an easy decision, but I'll tell you what, like you just remind me when you're at the park, the problem with after the December deadline is you don't. The first deadline, you know it's coming. Like it's like Christmas morning almost. You're excited, mm-hmm. you're anxious. You don't know what's going to happen in the morning. But after that deadline, the call could come whenever. You have no idea. So just like always being around your phone, always thinking. Like I remember sitting at Christmas and New Year's, and you're just like in the back of your mind, you're, you're trying not to think about it. I was like, man, mm-hmm. I really want to get in middle school. And going through that twice, I mean, it's it's stressful. I mean, it's, it was not a fun time. I'm glad I went through it, but just like trying to stop thinking about dental school and what can I do? Can I send letters of interest? I mean, 
I, just to go off of that, I had a, I've had a couple applicants ask about um, letters of intent, and so I, what I think about those in your situation is probably warranted because you had gotten an acceptance already, and so you can say I'd really prefer to come to this school. But before decision days come even come out, I think these schools know that you're interested. I mean, you you interview them. You don't need to be sending all these emails just to try to get your foot in the door. I mean, they I think they know you're interested and. Like Lake said, they probably don't even respond. So you might just be wasting your time um, trying to send all these letters of intent, at least before that first decision day. And if you don't have any leverage, like another school's acceptance or anything like that. And we have an episode um, that'll be released after this, I believe, about um, or with... Um, our classmate Liz Blackman, who talks about interviews and she ex- mm. tells or gives advice about how to express to schools that you are interested or whether, you, you know, they're the, your number one or something like that. So she gives really good advice about that. So we really encourage you to listen, listen to that when that, that releases. But like, how would you tell someone to, you know, stay hopeful, but also stay realistic when they get accepted into a a school, but not necessarily their dream school. If that, does that question make sense? (coughs) That does. I mean, that's basically what I did. Um, cause like I said, I sent that letter of intent and just spent a lot of time drafting it just making sure like once again, like whatever I can do to get in that school. Like I knew, um, since I'd already gotten into a different school, um, like retaking the DAT or trying to like get another job or stuff. I felt like that wasn't really realistic because like I was just going to end up going to that other school. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just, I don't necessarily know how to answer that question. Um, a lot of just (laughs) waiting too. Yeah. Matt. Yeah. I was going to say like, how would you go about encouraging someone who hasn't received that, acceptance or they are still waiting for their, their choice school. Yeah. So I think really evaluating where your application lies. And I mean, as tough as it was hard, as hard as it was for me to, um, point out all the things that I could be doing, like, man, you gotta take a DAT again. I mean, that sucked. I don't want to study for months for a test and take it all over again, but just being brutally honest with yourself, but if you're not in that position to to do something like that and you've missed out on the first application day, I mean, there's still a lot of time. I mean, I got in in July. I don't know if I mentioned this. It was about two weeks before I was moving to the other school and maybe three weeks before we started here, our little mm-hmm. base camp. So there's a lot of time in between and things can go wrong for any other, any other student. A number of things can happen where a spot could open up. But... Um, I mean, trying to not think about it was another thing. Like I said, at Christmas, New Year's, and your holidays, you're with your family. And that can make it easier or it can make it worse. I mean, you're just stuck at home. For me, it was a little bit of both. Um, I'm a religious guy, so I was praying a lot and just making sure that this was um, the path. Oh, I knew it was the path I wanted to be on, just just to stay stay encouraged and, um, I don't know, just content with where I was and not to give up, not to worry too much about it, not to be anxious about something that, um, I know I, I believe wholeheartedly will work out for me. Um, yeah. So really I would just encourage students who don't get in the first time. Like I didn't get in the first time twice and I got into the best school I could possibly imagine. And I guarantee there's a lot of applicants out there that have 
much better applications, you know, on paper and, you know, all the stuff you've done, you know, how hard you've worked to, um, maintain a GPA, how hard you study for the DAT, everything that you're doing out of school, you're probably better off than I was when I first started applying at dental school. So just being confident that you're going to get in and just try to relax. And I mean, I got two years off before coming right back to school. So I think I look at all our classmates who didn't have any time off. And I'm like, man, I don't know how he did it. I don't know how he just went from school to school just like that. <laughs> so you got, there's some, there's some positives too. I was able to travel um, and do some fun things like that and just try to keep your mind off of it. Even though it is easier said than done. Um, but just keep working and um, just also relax. I mean, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and if you're uh, like me where you got into um, a school but it wasn't the school you like really wanted to be at, wasn't your dream school, yeah, just stay hopeful um, if there's anything you can do. I mean, I would recommend um, writing them a letter of intent uh, like I did. I feel like that's definitely um, not a negative, so that definitely should, if anything, just help out uh, your case a little bit. Yeah. And also, like Barry said, just relax. At that point, it's kind of not under your control. I mean, yeah. you've already finished the application. There's not really anything else you can do. So just, um, yeah, stay hopeful and just, like, wait it out. And if it's meant to be and you get that call uh, later for that second round of acceptances or even, like, Barry, like, two or three weeks before dental school starts, like. Yeah. Um, and I guess on a timetable, too, if it's the end of January and you haven't, just realistically, if you haven't gotten a phone call yet, I'd probably start seriously evaluating what you can do to improve or like making moves or making a plan. But um, January is not even over yet. I wouldn't start. I wouldn't sweat it too bad. Um, like like you got in. Mm. It's not like middle of January. Middle of January. Um, and that's when a lot of the acceptances are coming. I don't think they might send out what three quarters, half to three quarters of their acceptances on that first time. Mm. And so. If you're between December and January, you might be okay. I mean, I wouldn't worry too much about um, preparing for your next application cycle um, and just trying to get some relaxing time in. Um, but yeah, after after January, you're creeping into Valentine's Day, then it, it's, I think it's time to start evaluating um, what you can improve on. And there's always something. There's always something you can improve on. And also... Some schools will notify you if you're on a wait list as well. So that's another um, another way for you to consider if, you know, you should look into boosting your application a little bit more because um, I know I got rejection emails the first time through. And so I knew very mm-hmm. early on that I was going to have to reevaluate oh, yeah. this. So, um Guys, thank you so much for the advice that you gave. And I'm, I'm thankful we had this time because I get to learn more about your story, too. And yeah, um, yeah. It, w- it was awesome. And I'm sure this is definitely going to encourage our listeners. And um, we hope to give you more content like this in the future. Yep. Yes. Thanks, guys. Thanks yes. for having us. It was really thank fun. you for having yeah. us. You have been listening to The Smart Dental Student. The views, information, and opinions expressed during this recording are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent the organizations that the individuals are affiliated with. If you enjoyed the content of this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at smartdentalstudent or visit our website for more information at smartdentalstudent.com.